0: Recorded live from the lobby of the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Hey, this is Hollis wong and you're listening to Full Service Radio. This is a place that you actively have to shape, both in you know creating and finding community, finding meaning, I think, in a city that is shamelessly transactional. I'm so inspired by LA because I, re- I truly feel that there's no ceiling. There's no natural stopping place for one's ambitions and one's dreams to be built. Hollis Wongware. I am an artist, a songwriter, a speaker. I kind of define myself as a creative conduit. So I like bringing things together and making things pop off. I don't really want to limit myself particularly to a medium, even though I feel like um, music and songwriting is really like at the foundation. Really, actually, deeper than that is poetry. So really, just like that type of expression is at the foundation of my art. But I never would want to limit myself to a particular medium. I started my artistic career in Seattle and something that really kind of was the leverage point that catapulted me to Los Angeles was collaborating with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis on their debut album, The Heist. I performed and co-wrote the song White Walls And we ended up getting nominated for a Grammy for it. And so my very first trip down to Los Angeles was actually for Grammy week. And that whole week was the most inspirational, adrenaline-filled, sleep-deprived week of my life. But I knew in that week that my home would be here. And so it was just a matter of time before I found myself here. I'll never forget it. And I knew it was one of those really strange moments in my life where I just knew that the memory that I was living in the very present moment was going to be one of the most indelible in my life. And the Grammy part aside, it was just, there was such an electric energy in Los Angeles for me. And I, I rented, I don't know what I was thinking because I had no money, but I rented a red Mustang convertible from LAX and Immediately was dumb enough to pay for the insurance on it So obviously like doubling my rent, which I never would do again And so I was like kind of defeated but also just like put the top down and was like cruising through I'm sure like stop-and-go traffic, but it was just this moment of like I made it. Did I make it? I definitely didn't make it, but I'm here and I'm in this car I started my artistic career in the Bay Area as a teen slam poet. And then when I moved up to Seattle to attend Seattle University, I really fell in with this incredibly rich, inspired community of community activists and creatives. And so I built my artistic and my community activist sense of self in Seattle. And it's, you know, everybody says it in Seattle, it's like an incubator. It's, it's so nurturing. The gray skies really like envelop you and provoke introspection and artistry and creativity. And so once I had that epiphany and I really looked around the city and I was like, you know, I could either be this remarkable, unusual, standout professional songwriter trying to crack in a city that otherwise isn't known for that type of industry. Or I could fling myself into an industry where there are songwriters like there's a thousand songwriters that if you throw a rock. You know, one thing that I had to mourn, and it was surprising for me, but one thing I had to mourn with moving here was the loss of of density. I was really used to even in Seattle being a small town, knowing that I could go to one neighborhood and I could have everything that I needed in that one space. I think LA is so remarkable because there is so much space to breathe (laughs) and to be and to be alone. And for me, the solitude was a challenge, but one that I really embraced. There's like, there's such a premium on space. I really do believe strongly that like having space is is the crucible for building community and, and creating change. And so if you have as small as a recording studio, as small as a little 300 square foot artistic space, that's that's space enough for people to come together and have conversations and have dialogue and have meaning. Bars are cool and drinks are cool. But when it comes down to it, it's like, how are we forging connections that last longer than an evening or last longer than a than a meetup and I really believe that that's in creative space and studios. Hey. I've been collaborating with an organization called Take Creative Control, and it's an organization that brings together a unfortunately unusual collection of artists, entrepreneurs, policy experts, and lawyers. And it's all to have a conversation about intellectual property rights and copyright protection for creatives. So often we are deeply misinformed or uninformed about the way in which our creative work lives in the world and the ways in which it can be appropriated or stolen or manipulated in ways that are unlawful. I think we, again, going back to that theme of scarcity, you know, we get Concerned that opportunities won't continue to come if we say no or if we ask questions. And so we're incentivized to s- sign on the dotted line, to say yes, to swallow the external affirmation and validation of those that have platforms instead of interrogating what those platforms mean and what our ownership will be after we, you know, after the contracts inked is dried. For me as a songwriter, something that I've been acutely aware of living in Los Angeles is that. Unlike television writers or film writers or directors, we don't have a union, right? So we don't have an organization that is centered around protecting us and protecting our work and our value. And I think especially as songwriters, because working in the studio is this very kind of like nebulous, like often intimate, often like this blurs so many lines between the personal and the professional that it feels, you know, crunchy and weird to like, try to have some clear conversations about what intellectual property looks like in our field or, you know, how we're protecting our rights. And we feel like it'll be kind of a turnoff to like, to be educated and to be informed and to be able to have those conversations as songwriters. And so I really want to take that stigma away. I, I think it's, it's all moving towards there. I mean, as independent artists, we need to best understand how to protect our art. That is our lifeblood. And, you know, there would be no music industry without our creative work.